Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So today we have a sassy, classy, Puerto Rican badass by the name of Maria. Her nickname for this show is going to be the Instagram Boss. So without further ado, why don't you tell audience a little bit more about you and what we're talking about today? Yeah, thank you so much. That was such a nice introduction. I feel very good and happy about that. Um, I am Maria and I am an Instagram Boss. Let's say that. I'll remember that moving forward. Um, and I am the CEO and founder of SMS Media, a social media management agency helping wedding vendors and realtors. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, obviously, like we hear about Instagram on a regular basis. is It's kind of like part of the common everyday language, right? But why did mm -hmm. you pick those two core niches of all the different niches you could have picked up to help in Instagram? Why those two niches? So um, I guess that this story goes full circle from years and years and years ago, maybe like 10 years. So I actually wanted to be a wedding photographer when I was 15. And that's kind of what kickstarted my love for advertising and marketing as a whole. So from love of photography, I found out, okay, well, I actually like marketing, communication, all that good stuff. And then when I launched my business, I just started naturally attracting a lot of wedding vendors my way. So it just kind of made sense to if I'm attracting these people and I love working with them, then why not focus my marketing and my efforts towards them? And it's something that I enjoy. And then with realtors, something similar. Um, I know so many realtors in my area and that I have friends in the industry but I was like, well, why can't I help them as well? So just helping people that I love, that I love connecting with in industries that I'm interested in just makes it easier to create content for and like help them. All right. So let's just take it back. Right. Because this is this is the first time like you've been on my show. So I'm going to I'm going to have to kind of de depict your story a little bit more like like grandiose. Right. So you started off in Puerto Rico and you ended mm -hmm. up in, in, in Virginia. Like, why the hell would you leave Puerto Rico to go <laughs> fucking Virginia? First of all, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, like you said, and Hurricane Maria happened in 2017, which was the year that I moved. So Hurricane Maria happened in September 20th and 21st of 2017, and I moved here a week later. So it was always my dream to move from Puerto Rico to here, and the reason why is that the opportunities for career, career growth are much less back home. And what I get paid here isn't even a quarter of what I would be getting paid back home. So I always knew that with the love that I have for communications, I kind of had to leave um, the, you know, Puerto Rico as a whole and leave my family there. But it was kind of like a plan, one of those plans. They may go in the future when the time's right, when I graduate college. So then Hurricane Maria happened, which obviously was a devastating thing for Puerto Rico. But it kind of pushed me into doing what I had to do. And I think all the things that have happened in my life, happen out of like unfortunately like a really bad situation i just make something off of it 
So my uncle lived here for 15 years. He's still living here now. Um, and he was the only person in my family who was in the States. So he was like, hey, you know, I had a trip planned to New York for my 21st birthday, but it was with school. So it was to go to advertising week, like a whole like advertising weekend conferences. And we had to go. They were like, either you go or you lose your money. It doesn't matter that the hurricane happened. I was like, um, I'm leaving. I'm going to spend my 21st birthday in New York. And my uncle was just like, well, if you're leaving, just don't go back. And I they left. Wow. So, I mean, you came up to the U.S., right? And, and I, I, I'm looking at your, your LinkedIn profile, and it was a very interesting work thing on there like you worked for the library of congress like how did that come to fruition and are you using anything that you learned from that environment today on instagram yes so it's so interesting to say but i started working at a ups store when i moved here mm -hmm. um a little bit over not even a week since i moved to the states i found this amazing job and i stayed there for a while and one of my closest friends worked um was doing this internship program in a it's called HACU, so hispanic associations of colleges and universities huh. and they pay you to intern in all these different areas of the u.s so i applied i went through the process they accepted me and they just shipped me to the library of congress because it was like the closest place of people that they were looking for someone in marketing so I started working there and that's where I actually identified number one, that I really, really wanted to do social media and that that's what I wanted to do with my life. But also I learned so much from there of like simple things as creating a graphic, like everything has to be aligned and only use two fonts. Like those little things that people overlook a lot of times, that's where I learned it. And I learned the cross communication with, if you know of anything in the um, government, everything is a longer process than you know maybe you and i would do like if we collaborate mm -hmm. so like learning that process also helped me you know communicate with people in different ways and then i took that to my other job so i definitely did all marketing things and i'm still used to everything that i learned there now it's really cool because i mean i'm sure when you came on the show you didn't think you would be talking about the library of congress right off bat now did you <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> so, again, defining you. I mean, when you came on the show, I said, okay, she's sassy, she's classy, she's Puerto Rican, she's a badass. So, without reusing those keywords, what three to five keywords would you use to describe yourself? Um, driven and um, goal-oriented. Hmm. I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. So... Obviously, like the journey, you traveled to the to the U.S. and you kind of found your way into Instagram and you're leveraging the things that you learned on that particular journey. So I want to talk about you have a particular method. It's called the 4C method. So I want to talk about like what is the 4C method? How does someone leverage that for Instagram and how did you come up with it? Yeah, love that question. So I pretty much created this. And the idea actually came from. Um, a marketing specialist that I had hired to help me do my first ever launch in my business. Like I soft launched my business and I've done everything just in an organic way, but I wanted to launch this one program. And she said, you know, you always teach these four things over and over and over. 
why don't you make it like your method? That That is what you have identified as the keys to growth, right? So like, why don't not call it the 4C method? So I was like, oh, I love that. So then I actually took that and have done it. Like I give her credit because she was the one who like saw all these things and was like, whoa, Maria, you have something really special here. So pretty much the 4C method is, it doesn't matter what type of business you have, it doesn't matter you know, how long you've been in your Instagram journey or social media journey, the four C's will definitely help you grow your business on Instagram. Like those are the keys, mm-hmm. no matter what is going on. Like there's features that are always gonna be coming out. Instagram is always changing, but the core values of Instagram are pretty much the same. And you know this essay, it's community, it's keeping people on the app for longer. It's, you know, them knowing like the algorithm, teaching the algorithm, what you want to see, who you want to engage with. And it's all about community and keeping people on the app. So the four C's to like run them down quickly is um, content. So creating good content and having a good content strategy. So it's just kind of like not just posting a quote, but saying, hey, this is what I did this weekend, but actually saying something that inspires, Uh educates, informs people. And also people always forget promoting themselves like you have to promote yourself and your services or your products if you want to sell so like making sure that your captions or what you're putting out there kind of like what is the end goal of it? what are you trying to do with it and enticing people to say something with it what we call calls to action so asking a question at the end or asking people to go to a link in bio or dm you to ask you questions like those are things that keep people engaged right and from there, there's the community engagement. So we have content strategy, community engagement. So community engagement, again, all about community and making sure that you are interacting with people in your community. So a lot of people are like, okay, so how do I do that? I spend two or three hours a day engaging, but I'm not seeing any results. So I kind of created a smaller strategy for that. Mm-hmm. And it's spending 30 minutes a day, let's say you're on Instagram, Spending 30 minutes engaging. So how do you do that? You spend 10 minutes engaging on other people's posts. So going through people's posts, reading through what they have to say, reading the call call to action and saying something that's meaningful and that, you know, makes them know that you actually read through what they had to say. Then another 10 minutes on people's stories and the same thing, listening to it, responding to it, saying something. And then five minutes engaging on hashtags. So let's say you're a realtor in your community. Um, let's say DC because I'm in DC. I'm doing like hashtag DC realtor, going to that one hashtag and looking up, you know, posts that kind of resonate with you or look, you know, good pictures or kind of just speak to you and doing the same thing. Reading through that caption, looking at the image and responding to it. This is a great way that we call, you know, outbound marketing. You're going out there and bringing people in to your community because you're like kind of signaling the algorithm. Um, and then the last five minutes of those 30 minutes, pretty much just responding to any DMs that you got, any comments that you've gotten on your post mm-hmm. and welcoming new people to your community. I cannot emphasize this enough. I've gotten so many clients or just great feedback from people just like from me just being like hi welcome to my community like i'm so excited to meet you can't wait to learn more about you 
and people just start blurting stuff out like, oh, I want to work with you, or I heard you on this podcast, or um, actually had someone hire me just because no one had ever done that to them. So they were like, oh, I want to work with you. Like, I, I can't afford you, but they could. They just hadn't seen the value until I reached out to them and welcomed them. So content strategy, community engagement, and connection. So connection kind of goes hand in hand with community engagement, but it's more of like showing your face. So showing your face on your feed because our business is us. We are the secret sauce, and I know you know this. Um, we are our secret sauce because other people can do our job, but we are the ones that make it different and special and also showing your face on stories. So making sure that you're speaking to your audience there, showing a little bit behind the scenes of what's happening in your life, and also just making it more personable. Like, where do you go eat? What do you like reading books? Um, do you like movies? Do you like Netflix over Hulu or vice versa? Do you listen to Spotify or Apple Music? Like, those little things actually help people connect with you as a human. Like, I think I've connected with people so often about the fact that I don't like coffee and people just can't get over that. And, like, the first time I think I tried a cinnamon bun, my Instagram people went crazy. My community went so crazy. They were like, you're 24 and you've never had a cinnamon bun? I'm like, no, never ever had a cinnamon roll or bun, any of that, in my life. And it was just, like, one thing that, number one, will help people remember you forever because they'll be like, that's crazy girl who doesn't like coffee and had never had a cinnamon roll until she was 24. Hmm. And it just helps them connect with you in a different way. So you start actually building a community that doesn't feel like you're selling to them all the time or that you're there to make money, but that you actually care about them. So Hmm. all these three things lead to the the fourth C, which is conversion. Hmm. Creating the know, like, and trust factor, pretty much what it is, taking them to that conversion stage of them being like top of mind. So if someone needs social media management, oh, here's Maria. Or, oh my God, I've had so many women preneurs that have been like, I am just waiting for the time and saving money so just so that I can hire you. Like that is my goal in my business. And it feels to me amazing to hear that because they connect with me in a way that, number one, they feel comfortable sharing those things and that that's their goal. But number two, that they actually have a connection with me and that they don't feel pressured to buy from me if they're not ready yet. I mean, I, I definitely, and again, I'm listening to all the different keywords that you said. And if you have opportunity, I definitely want the listener to, to go to your Instagram profile and you kind of definitely see that she does it. But I mean, she has like the headshots and they're not just like bullshit headshots. Like they're well, well lit, clear headshots, right? That's the first thing. Second of all, like remixing. We probably heard about TikTok remixes, Instagram story remixes, but you do remixes in, in, in a fashionable way. Like you said, you're classy and sassy, right? So you're doing a remix of something that someone might just be doing it just for the fuck of it, but you're talking directly about your business through that remix. And, and again, all your remixes are going through that funnel. It's something funny, it's something humorous, mm-hmm. but then the comments and then the entire post in regards to it is 100% back to your business. And then last but not least, you're completely 100% transparent. Like, I think you had a post, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a post that you were saying, look, I broke up with someone for four years. My grandmother died. Uh, I lost my house. I did this. I did all these different things. And then that post transitions into 
essentially a pitch for a product, but then the video is showing all these different clips, all these different things that's happening to you. So you're definitely leveraging that. So I want you to kind of like talk about that. Like, how did you figure out like the articulation of putting these puzzle pieces together? Thing got a little black. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So the, the articulation of the puzzle pieces, I mean, obviously leveraging the algorithm, understanding remixes, mm-hmm. understanding the content to your, to your four C's is, is the primary first thing. How did you figure out like the puzzle pieces to make your content be so convertible? Yeah. So for me, it's all about figuring out what you're comfortable sharing and why you're comfortable, you know, what's your brand. How how do you speak? How do you want to show up? Like, who are you as a person? And making sure that you're creating content that feels good to you. Mm-hmm. When all this, like, bullshit was happening in my life, where I was, like, not in a great place, which has been mostly all of 2022, mm-hmm. I had to think to myself and be like, does creating three posts a week sound like something I want to do? Does it sound inspiring to me? No, I felt burnt out, and I felt like I didn't have the time or energy and also that translated into the results because people weren't engaging with it because even though the content was great, my energy when I was putting it out there wasn't wasn't the best. So I had to be like, okay, Maria, what feels good to you now? What would feel like fun to you to show up again? And that was creating reels. Even though for my clients, I don't recommend them uh-huh. because my clients are very hyper-local and there's other things involved there. For my business, they are important because of my personality. My business is my brand. So in order for me to really showcase my personality, like you said, like my sassiness comes out in the real. But just because a real is trending and there's someone dancing all around doesn't mean I'm going to do it that way. If I see that one, one, let's say one real of someone dancing and that just inspires something in me of just doing a voiceover, I'll just do a voiceover. Or I'll just point my fingers at something and say something else. Like just finding what feels good to you, but also what makes you feel excited. In the beginning, it's not going to feel exciting because it's scary to put yourself out there. But once you create content that just gives you joy and that you feel excited to show up in, the rest is just strategies and blah, blah, blah. I think that's the key. I think it's definitely interesting. So, I mean, obviously you work with, with multiple different people to get to the point to where you actually know who you want to work with. So this next mm-hmm. question is like, what's the worst case scenario, an example of a client without naming names that you've dealt with that they just couldn't really get or comprehend or even understand how to leverage or use Instagram? Um, I think I've actually had a few of those. And the key to, I think, why maybe they didn't the results they wanted to see is that they didn't understand that it's a collaborative effort. So even if you hire, for example, me as your social media manager, there are things that you need to have done either before hiring me or while we're working together to make you see the results, right? So before you need to have like your brand, what is your brand about? What is your brand voice? Or do you say like, the F word, you know, like, are you cursing around like, you know, Donnie? But like us, we curse a lot. That's fine. That's who our brand is. But not all brands are like that. So like, you have to know that so that I, as a social media manager, can help you and create content that speaks to you and your business, right? Like, what is what are your goals? You have brand pictures. Like, I've had clients who um, 
haven't had professional pictures, and that shows in the results because they're not good quality pictures, and that's what Instagram is mostly about, right? And then when you're working with someone, um, just I don't offer story uh, management, and you probably know the reason why is because I want people to show their face. I want my clients to, I'm taking all this content from you, but you still need to show your face every day and show behind the scenes. So I've had clients who don't want to do that and they don't get the results because again, it's all the four C's. If one of the the C's falls off, then the the strategy is not complete. It's like a full circle moment. Um, So I think those are definitely the things. So clients who don't have their identity defined yet on social or in their business that haven't been long enough, don't have professional pictures and that don't, that are willing to put in the work on their end to make the partnership work, reviewing things. Um, let me see what else. Just, I think just the, those content pieces and showing up is the main reasons why maybe they didn't see the results they wanted to see for sure. So, I mean, obviously you've been on this journey for a period of time and, 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 and that's when you figured out you wanted to kind of focus 100% on Instagram. But in reality, you know, the perception of someone that's listening to you for the first time may say, okay, you're overnight success. Like you, you just came from Puerto Rico, you, you went to Virginia and DC and now you're Instagram famous. <laughs> but in reality, how long did it take you to get to where you are currently? Um, I mean, I've been in the marketing world for eight years now. So it definitely wasn't an overnight anything. Um, I'm definitely not where I would love to be, even though, you know, a lot of people may see me and be like, oh, you're so successful and you're doing all the things. Like, it's a lot of work and it's taken a lot of work and a lot of different jobs to bring me to even like my business. I worked at a UPS store. I started working at Kmart. My first job actually was a bartender when I was 17 because my dad owned bars. So I worked with him as a bartender for my first ever job. Then I worked at a Kmart as a cashier. Then I, I worked in different, like, at hotels. And I worked at a UPS store and then the Library of Congress and the digital market. Like, I have gone through it and, you know, obviously wins and losses within those jobs and opportunities. And even in business, like, I didn't find my ideal client in the beginning. But that's not something that you know when you first start. You have to like trial and error, work with different people until you figure it out. And my business is still growing. Like sometimes we forget that our businesses do take a long time to, you know, see the results and get to where you want to be. Like it's going to keep growing and evolving. So I'd say it, it wasn't like a lucky draw. I worked really hard to get to where I'm at, but there's always room for improvement. No one's perfect. And you just got to keep going. So if you can go back in time, right, let's like say anywhere from like Puerto Rico until now, is there a time that you could think about if you can kind of modify or adapt or change something? Like what would that thing be and when would you go back and, and change? Hmm. I don't, that's a tough question because I'm such a big advocate that everything happens for a reason and everything that I've done in the particular way that I did it in the moment brought me to where I am now. But if I had to change anything, it was probably to believe in myself more mm. when I was in college or right after college and the fact that I could build the business by myself. I always thought that was such like a far away thought and I just couldn't, my brain couldn't handle 
the fact that I, and I have entrepreneur family members. Most of my family members are business owners. Mm-hmm. But still, for me, it just felt so far away, like something so unattainable. But, like, anyone can have a business. You know, like, it, you just have to know where you're going and know that it's going to take a while to get there. So, I mean, I mean that, that's a good segue to, to my next question. You're talking about, like, you grew up in an entrepreneurial like family entrepreneurial background so like how much of that is why you're an entrepreneur like are you leveraging things that you learned i mean you said your dad owned a bar but you're not a you don't own a bar but did you get anything from him owning a bar that fed you to becoming an entrepreneur it's funny because the answer is yes but i didn't realize it this was happening very subconsciously for me so because i come from puerto rico it was like we didn't have these huge enterprises and companies, especially it, like we do have them, obviously, like we have McDonald's and all these things. But most of like where I came from were like small businesses. Like I grew up with almost all of our people around were business owners. So it was like a normal thing for me to see that. Um, also, my grandfather owned a funeral home. So I also don't own a funeral home. <laughs> but I think the main thing that I did see Somehow, I probably have some personality traits that are very entrepreneurial, for sure, that I may not even realize. But the biggest thing that I realized recently is the lifestyle. Like, my dad could go on vacation or take days off when he wanted to. He could spend time with us when he wanted to. But he also worked very hard at the bar you know, throughout the day and until very late at night um, to make sure that that was working. So I, I think definitely yes. I probably have that as an example and some personality traits from that that I may not, again, like not even realize, mm-hmm. but definitely that lifestyle shows knowing that it's possible to build a business and still have time freedom and you know financial freedom. It's definitely something that I learned from, from seeing that growing up. Hmm. So this is this is what we're talking about you growing up, right? Like let's go back to your adolescence. Like you know, you're you're in Puerto Rico. Like uh, it's a beautiful country. You're, you're living near the ocean. Like what kind of kid were you? Were you like the bossy kid? That's kind of like, hey, things need to be scripted, and you organizing the noise, or were you more kind of like laid back and soaking everything in? Oh my God, this is like the craziest thing ever. Because who I am now, the complete opposite of who I was growing up. I was such a shy kid. I was an only child for 12 years. So very sheltered, very overprotected. I was the first granddaughter, too, in both of my families. Well, in in one of the families. So I was like a spoiled kid that had all the things, which is, you know, not everyone, but something I'm grateful for. Not everyone gets the opportunity to have that in their life. But very shy. Like if you told me sit here and stay here for seven hours, I would sit there not talking for seven hours again very shy very like i wanted to be the perfect kid and the best role model so i did everything by the line and ever since i left college i think it was a heartbreak that happened to me in high school honestly that kind of just like shifted me into gear and then i started communications like i went to school and i remember my family being like you studying communications are you sure my dad my parents didn't even give me a car and an apartment because i had a car at that time they're like we're giving you one thing at a time because we don't know if you're going to thrive in this environment like they just couldn't imagine themselves like imagine me thriving in that environment but it's who i really am 
like who I am now is who I really am. But when I was younger, nope, not at all how I am now. <laughs> I mean, that is interesting. I mean, I think it's one of those things is like people find themselves when they get the, that opportunity to kind of figure out what they're going to do with their life. And then I think that that's, everyone kind of has that, that flip, that switch. So it kind of mm-hmm. goes me to, I mean, you, you made a comment about like, like heartbreak and obviously, you know, you're, you're closely niched to your family. So like, how do you currently then juggle and manage what you do as work with your family life? Hmm. That's a good question. So I would say I'm a big advocate. I'm trying to get a little bit better at that too, that, I started my business to have time freedom, more time with my family, time to travel, and just time to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, I love doing what I do, and I love working. Like, I could be a workaholic if I really, if I allow myself to be, Um, but I want balance in my life, right? So I make sure, like, I'm very structured and organized, where if you look at my calendar, it's, like, color-coordinated, very type A, all my days and times are planned, which, you know, for some people it's overwhelming, but finding some way of staying organized and then making sure that all my evenings, like once I am done with work, I don't want to talk about it or I could talk about it, but I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be on my phone. Like my family even says, when you're around us, we barely take pictures. Why? Like you're a social media manager. I'm like, because I don't like being on my phone if I don't have to, or if I'm not working. Like, I'm the type of person that just, like, when I try to disconnect, I want to be completely disconnected. Hmm. So, I'm trying to do that. So, like, having, like, a um, like 9 to 5. Like, usually I work from 9 to 5. After 5, I'm done. And if I leave at, you know, 2, I'm done with work. See ya. I'm not thinking about you until tomorrow at 8 a.m., right? So, having that balance and making sure, you know, my weekends are free for family or, or friends um, and just pretty much just making an effort of making it a priority and it just, just, just becomes it. Hmm. I, I'm just listening to you. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're saying you're, you're very structured. You're, you have an A type personality with, with your calendar being color coordinated. So that then leads me to say, okay, you must have a very like structured morning regimen or routine. So what is that? Like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong. Yes and no. So I love structure, but sometimes too much structure, which is very kind of intuitive. Sometimes too much structure gives me anxiety because I get kind of OCD and like definitely the OCD word comes here because if I don't do these things and I become very rigid, Mm -hmm. then I start fearing that something bad's going to happen with my life or in my business. Like that's going to lead to some sort of like unsuccessful act or something so i try to be pretty lenient with myself however something that's very non-negotiable for me every morning is going on a walk like if i don't go on a walk every morning my brain's all over the place i'm scattered um and like my nighttime routine also like not very structured but you know making sure that i read or that i meditate at least once a day just having like some key things that need to happen every day in my life because they help with my mental health and staying calm. Um, but you kind of did nail it. I do have some things that I do do every single day. Very cool. So you brought up books. And I would think that, you know, you could be an like a, like a, a ravenous reader or you could kind of be the polar opposite, right? So, I mean, what <laughs> books are you reading right now? Yeah, so I love um, – I probably should be reading more, right? 
mm. actually want to start reading a little bit more. Um, I read pretty often now, but maybe like three or four times a week. Um, but I love all like self development books, like any anything self development, anything about psychology and like learning how our brains work and user behavior, like all those things were things that I've always liked um, reading about. But anything that is like self development that kind of helps me look inward and just being like you know bettering myself, healing things about myself. Um, understanding myself and people around me better. Those are the things that I love to read. So let's just make a recommendation. Somebody's listening right now and it's just like, oh my God, I love her vibe. I love her classy sassiness. Like what books do you want to recommend to that person that helped you become who you are? Ooh, so I have a few. So there's one that's called um, the You're a Badass series. So it's um, by Ken uh, Jen Sincero. And it's like, you're a badass, like in life, you're a badass, I'm making money. Like those really shifted my life completely, but also were a great thing to hold on to when I was first starting my business and like diving into like the unknown. Um, So definitely those, I recently read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it was amazing as well. Definitely like love that. And it's so, so true. Everything that he teaches there. Um, and right now I'm reading Attached, which is more of like a psychology type of relationship book, like understanding like your attachment style. Um, but that also helps with like how you show up in friendships, how you show up in relationships, and even like people that you have in your life or your clients, understanding what their attachment style is mm-hmm. and learning how to like go around that. So that would be my recommendation. So what I see, and again, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but I would say if you haven't published a book, then hopefully you're working on one. And I see a big giant 4C and it's saying content, 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 content. So <laughs> allude to me, do you have a book that's coming out? Are you working on one? Have you thought about writing one? I don't, but it's funny that you brought it up because I've been thinking about, you know, maybe one day I will write a book. So maybe this is the time. <laughs> I mean, I think you you definitely have the content, right? I mean, and then you also have mm-hmm. the Instagram profile to back it. And again, you could talk about the four C's. I mean, when I asked you the four C question earlier on, like you were just spitting it off. It was just flying out of you. Like it was pouring out of you like sweat. So it's just one of those <laughs> things that you could definitely write content based upon those four C outlines and have a book done pretty quickly. And I would think your community would definitely love to have that. And that's one of your C's, right? Community. So I'm just saying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I like that. Love that idea. So talking about your community, right? I'm obviously you have a distinction and, and you're talking about real estate. You're talking about um, wedding photographers and, and planners, but ideally in that demographic, who is your ideal avatar? Ooh, that's a good one. So it relates to either of those businesses. Um, usually um, womenpreneurs who are moms or they have, you know, husbands or wives or significant others. Um, but they have, you know, a lot of things on their plate. So for moms or have multiple businesses or have all the things going on, um, who have been in business for five plus years, have an established business already. And they're usually the key thing is they're not really struggling to keep their business afloat. So they have a pretty steady um, flow of income or clients coming in. So what they're trying to focus on is, establishing like their online brand staying consistent increasing brand awareness and kind of building that community to stay relevant in the industry um so those are usually the people that i love working with because number one 
They know that outsourcing is very important. They know the value of investing in themselves and they see me as a team member rather than someone who's going to bring them these crazy results that I can't promise. Mm. The results are going to come, um, but those are definitely the people that I, like my ideal client avatar. So, I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, this is a biased question because I know you love Instagram, but, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Is there a particular industry that you think that potentially Instagram would not be as useful for? Hmm. Yeah, so probably, let me think, probably like the uh, big tech companies or um some people actually in the real estate industry, like title companies, or um, I don't know, maybe even like a few of, the, of them don't need to be on Instagram. Because here's the thing, like the, what I try to ask everyone or have everyone ask themselves is, is your audience on Instagram? Mm -hmm. If your audience isn't on Instagram, if your ideal client isn't there, then why do you have to show up? Unless you're trying to be an educator um, in the space or become a speaker or something, mm. or want to create like your personal brand, there's no reason to be on Instagram. Like not everyone has to be, and it's not for everyone for sure. So let's just talk about like the general, um, the demographic of Instagram. And obviously, you know, there's so many different social media platforms and there's different cohorts for each one of these platforms. And Instagram has this particular niche. So like this, what's that range and the ideal people that should be on that platform? Mm, yes, so probably millennials, so people between like 20, 25, because I'm 25, so 25 to 35 range um, that are either entrepreneurs or like using Instagram to, um, you know, showcase like their personal stuff. So like showcase their weekend, feel like a social platform more than business. Mm -hmm. um, especially like for wedding vendors, those are the people that they're trying to attract. For real estate agents, the same thing, or any real real estate um, industry expert, they're trying to bring in these people that are using it more as a casual and like social platform than promoting the services. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Like that is the the community. There's a lot of women I that I have seen, but maybe that is the people that I connect with. The demographics might be, the data might be a little bit different or like, you know, parallel. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much what comes to mind. Does anything else come to mind for you? No, I think, I think it's definitely in, in that demographic, which kind of leads me to like a next question. And it kind of, it goes to be a little bit on the taboo side, right? I mean, obviously LinkedIn mm -hmm. is, is, is defined as being business. Facebook is designed to being people's parents and grandparents and the, the older generation, mm -hmm. right? And then you have yeah. like TikTok and then you have Instagram and it's, it's, it's pretty much like you're saying the younger generation, but ideally this next question is like sex sells, right? How much does that play into these platforms? Again, you can see a male guy with a six pack. You can see a female in a bikini and they may be talking about indirect business, but the fact that they're, they have some like nudity or some of that taboo, they sell way more products. How much of that mm -hmm. have you seen? Ooh, I definitely haven't seen it often on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's also not why I'm on Instagram. So probably if I was engaging with that content more often, I'd probably see it more. But definitely I've seen it a lot on TikTok, which is actually, now that you bring it up, very surprising. 
especially because the demographic of TikTok is supposed to be like kids in high school. Exactly. Um, that is the people that are spending the most time on TikTok, which now that I'm like, wow, I'm 25, I'm seeing all this stuff. I can only imagine my my sister who's 14 seeing this stuff as well. Not liking that aspect of it. Um, and for parents, I can imagine how crazy that must be too. But I've definitely seen that a lot on TikTok, um, more than Instagram. And unfortunately, it's a thing that it, it's one of those things where we try to place the blame on marketers or people try to place the blame on marketers because we say sex sells or X, X thing sells, whatever. But it's not because we made it up. You're the one that is selling, that, that is buying from from these places, right? These are all based on human and user behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing goes with Instagram and it has, its new algorithm changes and everyone's freaking out about reels and videos. But they're, not, they're changing these things because we as humans are changing our behaviors. Mm-hmm. We are interacting more with video than we were in the past. So naturally... They're changing and evolving like any other marketing platform based on what we do. So if we don't want to see that happen quite often, then we kind of have to change the way that we are showing up and how we're interacting. But I don't know if that kind of answers your question or not. I mean, yeah, because it's one of those things. I mean, obviously, if someone is 55 and they think Instagram or TikTok, they may think dancing, they may think half naked kids doing whatever but you know we're talking about the business of instagram which it's a whole nother spectrum to and i want i want them to get the range to understand that yes you may see some of that but instagram is way more than that and that's the reason why facebook bought instagram to begin with because they knew new cohorts was going to be on that platform so that kind of leads me to, to you you're like you're saying you're 25 so you're in the instagram era like you you were born in that time frame to where instagram talks to you talks to your generation where do you see yourself in relation to Instagram 20 years from now? Ooh. I don't know. I feel like Instagram is not going to die. Um, so we'll probably evolve from it. I, it definitely changed the way that I used Instagram maybe 10 years ago, where I have pictures from like 2012 in my personal Instagram of like these random quotes. You know, the time where like Instagram was literally only pictures and you could choose well you can still do it but like the filters were a thing so you chose like a random filter and just posted more often in a day even um so i don't know what it's gonna look like or how how where i'm gonna be in 20 years from it but a lot of people there's a lot of talk about it like kind of like instagram is dead and i'm like i don't think so because it's kind of keeping up with the trend and it's causing the buzz but that People don't realize causing this buzz is giving in more. Like, there's always two sides of publicity, right? There's bad publicity and good publicity, but either of them is usually good publicity because your name or your, you know, the brand name or whatever is getting out there in one way or another. Um, so it can impact you in either way. So I think it, it's just about for, you know, the business owners who are listening and are overwhelmed for everything that's going on. Just stick to your core values, stick to the four C's that we just talked about, and everything will be fine. Like, if all these things in your strategy and you're doing the things correctly and you're focusing on your community and showing up in the right way, no matter what features come out, like, Facebook is still not dead. There's still literally people making money off of Facebook, even though not everyone is on there. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The people that are there and the people that are showing up are seeing the content and probably making a shit 
ton of money from it because there's not as much people just like pulling information and you know kind of bombarding us with all this content so there's always the two sides to every story so i mean that's that's definitely interesting so i mean you're talking about instagram as a, as a tool set right so obviously what you do there may be some additional tools that most people don't even know in, that exists. So what tools do you use on a day-to-day -day basis that help you to manage and to create and to develop what you're doing on Instagram? So I use something that a lot of people ask me about is what tool I use to schedule content for myself and for clients. Um, there's a bunch out there, like way too many for me to, like I don't even know how most of them work, um, but I use Facebook Creator Studio. It is, again, like it's a Facebook and Instagram platform, so it's like good for both of them. If you're using like LinkedIn, I don't think LinkedIn actually allows you to schedule mm. um, content. They don't like that. Um, but if you are posting on Instagram and Facebook, Facebook Creator Studio is great. It's free. Now they have the option, which is a great new feature, where you can schedule reels ahead of time as well. The only caveat with that is that it only allows you to schedule reels if you have original audio. So let's say like you created audio on TikTok and you just want to like remove the watermark and use it on um, Facebook or Instagram, then you can upload that audio and it'll schedule. If not, then you still have to manually do it. But it's free. It's compatible with both platforms because it belongs to, you know, both platforms. Um, and it's very easy to use. You can add the hashtags, all text um location tag people and it's free so like the best thing that i always say is i try to make things as free as possible or low investment as possible because i do the analytics personally which a lot of people like using um, other platforms for myself i do it manually i pull them up manually for my clients um every week so it works for me and it can work for you too so, I mean, you brought up a, a, a very key word, and I think, you know, in today's world, people should understand hashtags. But out of all the platforms that exist today, I would think Instagram probably leverages hashtags more effectively than all of them. So I want you to kind of talk to that, like, how does this hashtag really make you get seen and be engaged and build community by using the right hashtags? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm actually very excited that you asked about that because um, a lot of people just see hashtags as just kind of like some keywords that you throw out there and put on your caption, but it's way more than that. Um, one thing that I will preface is using the right or wrong hashtag is not going to make or break your business, or it's not going to make or break your post or your captions or anything like that. It's just like a small, literally small piece of the puzzle. So think about hashtags as a profile. So we have our profiles right on Instagram that we have pictures with, we have all of our posts that live within it, and all that stuff. Every hashtag has its own profile and feed. So every single account or post that has this one particular phrase in it will appear in this feed. The more posts are within that feed, the harder it is to quote unquote rank or show up in that feed. So hashtags are essentially this is the way that I like to think about it, and I like you know, my clients to think about it too, is every hashtag that you use is an opportunity to reach your ideal client. So using the right hashtags is important if you want that to be the case. Mm -hmm. 
So remember, all hashtags have a feed, and that feed includes all the hashtags or posts that have used that hashtag. <laughs> so, for example, let's say you use hashtag marketing. Like, just thinking about that, I already know it has, like, 300 million posts within it because it's such, like, a broad keyword, right? Um, if you wanted to reach your ideal client within that hashtag, it's very unlikely because there's so many posts using that hashtag so often and so frequently, you're not going to, quote-unquote, you know, about SEO, like, rank anywhere high there so no one's going to find you. However, if you use the hashtag digital marketing DC or something like that, digital marketing specialist or strategist or something like that, where it's like more, it's like a broader or nature hashtag, um, you're probably more likely to show up, especially if the hashtag has 300,000 posts or less within it. So like, that's a very key thing. Having 300,000 posts or less within it and using like all of your hashtags, making sure that they're niche, that they're that small. Like the communities within them are smaller. So I'll really back, I'll reel it back real quick because I know this can be confusing. So making sure that you understand that every hashtag is an opportunity to reach your ideal client using hashtags that are very niche. So that have, they have 300,000 posts or less within them. And also making sure like you're engaging in those hashtags. So using those small hashtags and actually showing up there and engaging with people that are using it. And the last tip that I have for hashtags is making sure that the hashtag you're using for your post has like a mix of a few different things that they describe what your business is all about and what your services are who your ideal client is and kind of like where they like hanging out at. So if they like going to coffee shops or restaurants, making sure you're using like some local hashtags that include those keywords um, and that it also describes what your post is about. So if it's, a, for example, a real estate tip or a real estate marketing education um, hashtag, making sure that you're using hashtags that describe those things. So having that little mix of hashtags and making it a group will ensure that people in all those different verticals can find you. And another thing, I guess is a fifth tip or um, tidbit is people actually use hashtags to find businesses hmm. and services. Like if I'm traveling to let's say North Carolina, let's say I'm going to Raleigh, I'll probably look up on Instagram, hashtag rally coffee or hashtag, I don't like coffee, but, you know, with that, I know it's a coffee shop in there. Or hashtag rally um, restaurant or hashtag rally small business or hashtag rally um, boutique. Like, those are places that I would probably want to go and people actually use them. So if your ideal client is actually searching for your services or your product, you, you have to make sure that you're showing up in those communities so that you can show up. I think it makes perfect sense. So, I mean, obviously, I think that that's hell of insightful words of wisdom for a person that's listening to kind of figure out, like, what can they do on Instagram? But obviously, you can help them with that. So how do they get in contact with you? Do they want them to contact you through Instagram or do you have a website they can go to? Yes. So I do. So one thing about me and is one of the things that I'm kind of proud about, but eventually it's going to change 
is that I don't have a website. I've built, I've built my business entirely on Instagram. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until late, you know, mid this, this year, like March, April, that I actually started focusing on my networking, like a referral, creating referral partners and all this stuff. So I'm a big testament that Instagram is a great place to grow your business. I have, you can too. Um, so that's the best way to contact me is on Instagram. My handle is at S as in Sam, M as in Maria, S as in Sam, underscore media, PR. PR not for public relations, just Puerto Rico. I like to talk about it all the time. So SMS underscore media PR. Um, and that's where you can find me. I offer different types of services. Like if all this hashtag talk is overwhelming to you while listening, I offer hashtag vault created for you. Different sorts of levels of um, help for people who either just want some optimization things or help with their strategy or just want to outsource it to me and being like, I don't have time for this. Maria, handle it for me. We can help you with all of this thing. Very cool. Very cool. So then that leads me to like, like some bonus questions. And this particular bonus question is, I always say is my signature bonus question, right? And um, <laughs> if you could spend 24 hours with anyone, that person could be dead or alive. You'll have a 24 hour window where it's completely uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. Who would it be and why? This is going to be the stupidest thing. Paul Walker. Paul. I would just spend 24 I love Paul Walker. And I am so sad. I've never watched, okay, I'm a big fan of Fast and Furious movies. I actually have most of the DVDs with me. Um, love it. And I suffered his death so much that I never watched the, the last, like the last movie. I didn't finish it. Like the last five or 10 minutes where it's like the sad part. Never watched it. Never. Paul Walker. See, this is why I like asking that question because no <laughs> way in hell, with even all the research I've done on you, I would even <laughs> completely even guess Paul Walker of all people on but, the planet. That's that's the person that came to mind. Probably if I thought about it better, I could have like a better answer. But definitely, twenty four hours just like in his life, doing whatever he's doing, I'm there. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So, what is your most significant achievement? to date? Ooh. Um, I think starting my business for sure. Just taking that leap of faith and leaving my job with like zero to no hope that it, no, not hope, but like zero to no, um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I left my job when I was literally making a thousand dollars in my business like i made my first thousand dollars in my business january of 2021 and i was like well i have a full-time job i'm only spending one or two hours on this uh, a day and i made a thousand dollars so how much can i make this is what this is how my thought process happened in the moment i was like okay if i'm making a thousand now a month how much can i make if i spend eight hours a day mm -hmm. doing this and i was like okay i'm gonna do it I have all the proof I need. I'm just going to do it. And I, I don't know how the hell, because I can look back now and be like, you're freaking crazy, girl. I did it. And I'm very proud of that. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So going into closing of the Boss and Cage podcast, I like to give whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity to become the host of the Boss and Cage podcast. So the show is now Ooh. yours. You're the host and I'm your guest. What questions do you have for me? Oh, what is your biggest accomplishment? Oh, shit. 
it's 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 so weird. When, when I, I think I've I've had that question asked before, and every single time I think about it, I have to kind of recap like all the things I've done in my life, and I really don't give myself enough credit when it's due. But I would think, um, as of right now, I would say building the legacy of information and content mm -hmm. through the boss engage platform is essentially probably is, is, is unique in a sense because you know you can create things when i was younger i had a business and i was doing all these different things but now when you look back at it like where's the evidence or the proof of any of it versus now mm -hmm. in a shorter period of time through boss and cage like the footprint the digital footprint that i'm creating with this platform is essentially going to live forever mm -hmm. That. I love that. So I have another question for you. Yep. Is because we're both marketers, right? Um, and we hear a lot of people complaining and not even complaining, like we, we understand how they feel because we're crazy and we love what we do. But um what would be like your number one tip or um like whatever you want to tell them to all those people that are overwhelmed with social media and marketing? and how to like navigate it? I mean, there, there's, there's always two sides to any coin. I mean, the, the easiest way, and that's the, the, the answer that everyone always looks for. What's the easiest way? What's the fastest way I can do whatever it is I need to do? And my answer with that would be to hire someone that specializes mm -hmm. in that area of expertise. And there's different levels, right? So if you, if you want to be 100% driven towards raising capital and making money on Instagram, then by all means, contact who we're talking to right now, the Instagram boss without hesitation, mm -hmm. because again, you're never going to be able to catch up or learn or be as effective or as a, as efficient as you are in that platform. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Secondary to that. Now, obviously, if you don't want to hire one person, then look to an agency like an, even an agency may do everything, but they may not do one thing as great as an individual person that specializes on that platform. Yep. But at least that gives you kind of an umbrella to kind of get your omni omnipresence to a certain extent. But that's my first thing. And the other thing is if you find passion in something like for you, you found passion in Instagram and you ran with it. And you can kind of see the horizon because you can see yourself doing it every day, day in, day out, because that's what it really takes to be successful in any media platform, then go for it. But if you don't have that ball of fire when you wake up in the morning or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're thinking about your next Instagram post or your next chat or your, your next reel or your next story, if that mm -hmm. doesn't come to play into your mind on a regular basis, then it's probably not the area that you need to be doing it firsthand. Hire someone to do it for you. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I would also add, it's just one of those things, like, to be a successful business owner, you kind of have to take a step back and realize, you know, what am I good at and what am I not good at? Or what do I want to do and what things don't I want to do? And that's the toughest part because a lot of us business owners are control freaks and we, like, having creative control and we like to have just control in general of our lives. That's why we, we left our jobs so we're doing what we're doing, right? But it's just like kind of having that self-awareness and being like, look, you're great at this. I'm not great at it. I'm going to hire you to do it because you're going to take me further than if I try to figure it out on my own. Um, and you're always marketing yourself too. Whether you think about it or not, you're marketing yourself to your partner. You're marketing yourselves every time you, you know, dress yourself. We're always marketing ourselves. It's just we don't choose to believe that. But we're always marketing and selling ourselves. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm at that point now. I make a conscious effort. Like, it, it's so funny because me and my wife we went shopping the other day, and she was showing me some shirt, and it, it had like a Brooklyn. Because I'm from Brooklyn, I'm like, yeah, I love that shirt, and it was Biggie on it. I love that shirt, and she was getting ready to purchase it, and I was like, what the hell are you doing? She was like, what do you mean? It's, it's a Brooklyn shirt. You love Brooklyn. I was like, there's no room or real estate on that shirt for me to upgrade it to put Boston Cage on it. So I'm never gonna fucking wear it. If I can't have Boston Cage on it, then I. It just, that's just why I am right now. And it kind of goes into like, if you understand business to your point, you're always marketing yourself. And the easiest way to market yourself is to wear your own shit. And then that way you get those conversation starters. What's Boston Cage? Mm-hmm. Because I went to a man's bathroom and I'm, I'm in a urinal and, and I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what is he looking at. And then when, I, when I'm done and I'm leaving, he's like, so, so what's Boston Cage? Like, that's an opportunity for communication that wouldn't have existed if I didn't wear that hoodie or wear that hat. Yep. Yep. You never know. You never know when it's going to happen. And we're always, 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 always marketing ourselves, which is one of the reasons I love marketing, because we're always doing it, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, I definitely appreciate you being on on the show today. I think you brought a hell of of sassiness and classiness to people to understand, like, really how to leverage and market and, and to even monetize Instagram. So I definitely appreciate you being here today, Maria. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Essay Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.